Good morning, everyone, and welcome. And our topic this morning is meditation, source of inner strength. And I think after that music, we should just all meditate for about an hour and 15 minutes, and we'll all relax up here. But in case you would like to hear something, let me introduce our panel of speakers this morning. My name is Gyandev, and I serve here in the Expanding Light teaching staff. And after I speak, Nirmala will speak. She's, along with her husband, Dharmadas, uh, leads Ananda India. And after Nirmala comes Riman, who with his wife, Padma, uh, leads Ananda Seattle. Then Anandi, who serves with me here on the Expanding Light teaching staff. And finally, Bharat, who is an Ananda Kriya minister here, and he teaches lots of different places. I've had some uh, requests to resurrect something that has been asleep <laughs> for three years. And so I'll briefly resurrect the Maya Awards as I get going here. <laughs> How often does Maya get a round of applause in this world? <laughs> From yogis, anyway, it doesn't happen very often. From the rest of the world, it's quite the thing. Of course, Maya means cosmic delusion, that which compels us to see this world as other than it is. But I also realize that Maya is an acronym, M-A-Y-A, Misunderstanding and Abuse of Yoga in America. <laughs> and it's been, a, it's been a few years since I gave the Maya Award, but I think the time has come once again, and since our topic this morning is meditation, I will zero in on uh, my words specific to meditation, uh, and particularly some advertisements that I've seen recently for meditation courses. Very, very compelling. Um, some of them more compelling than others. Some of the finalists included deep meditation every time. Now, Okay. I'm in favor of that, but a little skeptical. But then much more, even more appealing to me was instant deep meditation. <laughs> Good. We're going in the right direction, but there's more. Then came one that was, I wondered about a little bit, made me think, meditate like a monk. <laughs> and I thought, well, how do monks meditate? But it must be good. So. But then came the one that I thought was the hands-down winner for a long time. Meditate like a guru or your money back. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but it sounds good. But the winner of this year's My Awards has really struck a sort of a compelling cultural chord, I think, in each one of us. And that is, meditate like the host of Dancing with the Stars in America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> now, who can resist that? <laughs> Welcome to Dwapar Yuga, where the rules fall away, the rigidity of Kali Yuga falls away, and anything is fair game, whether it makes sense or not. <laughs> this is the time that we, we find ourselves in. And as, 
as Jyotishandevi was saying yesterday, it is uh, quite an interesting time and uh, uh, a scary time. As Master said, Paramahansa Yogananda said, there is no safety in Dwapara Yuga. And it's a sobering one to keep in mind because the, the boundaries that have been keeping everything held in have been, are being, in the process of being shattered. And we don't know what's going to happen long term. The teachings tell us what's, what's going to happen, but in the short term, we don't really know. It's a time of a lot of uncertainty and a lot of good things are happening along with all the chaos that the, the world, which is, seems so vast and so distant, is effectively shrinking as communication has become instant, as travel has become not instant, but, but much, much shortened, as people get more and more connected. The, you could think of it as the world is shrinking, or that we're all expanding, our reach is expanding, and the pace of it also is picking up drastically because we, as we are able to do more, the expectation of what we will do, not just other people's expectations, but our own expectations grow more and more. And there comes a, a sense of frenetic pace into the world that, that is sweeping many, many people right into it, like the, you know, the cartoons where you see the strong wind blowing and you see the characters tumbling head over heels off the screen to one side. That's what's happening to many, many people as they try to, to keep pace with Dwapara Yuga in an outward fashion. And it's a natural thing to happen. As, as Jyotish was saying yesterday, we all have a natural outward tendency to us. You know, first thing we do when we're born is we take an inhalation, we draw that world into us. It becomes an outward experience and it just gets more and more and more after that. And as the age, the pace and the, and the variety of all picked up and we get drawn into more and more of these things, well, in this book, Affirmations for Self-Healing, Swami Kriyananda makes an interesting analogy. It says, if you take a lump of dough and begin to stretch it outward in all directions, that that lump becomes not only broader, but thinner. And that is what's happening to so many people in our culture. Their, their lump of dough is getting stretched very, very thin, and their holes appearing in it. And people are, are overwhelmed, more than overwhelmed. Many are just breaking with the stress of it all. And the need arises to really get out of that so much outwardness. And yet, we live in this world, we can't push the eject button. You know, we're here, that's what's happening. So I decided, what are, I, I want to know kind of what's out there, what are people doing? So I, I, wanted to, I did a Google search on the word unplug. Okay, the irony of that was not lost upon me. <laughs> and uh, I found, of course, that most of the hits were software called Unplug and different technology things about Unplug, which had nothing to do with unplugging. It just happens to do with getting plugged in a lot, a lot more. But a few people were writing about unplugging from all this frenetic pace. And some of them were mentioning meditation. 
But I noticed that the sort of meditation that, that they were espousing was stop the world, I want to get off. You know, let me take a breather. Let me just cease all this involvement. And that's not illegitimate at all. Sometimes we really need to do that, but for the yogi, that doesn't work. That doesn't work because it doesn't build the kind of strength that is going to enable us to stand unshaken amidst the crash of breaking worlds. The yogi has to do something else. The yogi does need to expand, but expand inwardly. And it's really a part of our inborn nature to do that, as Jyotish was talking about yesterday when he's quoting Swami Kriyananda about why God created all this. He said, God is pure joy, and it's the nature of joy to want to expand itself. And if we are part of God, then our true nature is pure joy also. So our true nature is also an inclination to want to expand ourselves. And the yogi needs to differentiate between that outward expansion, some of which is, comes with the times, some of which is just part of Dwapara Yuga, but most of which needs to be happening inwardly. In each one of us, it almost sounds like a, an oxymoron, doesn't it? Inward expansion. Because many of us think of going inward as a, as a retreat from. And it is, in a sense, a retreat from, but it's a, it's a retreat from distraction. It's a, a retreat from the smaller into the larger, into trying to touch that joy nature that is our essence. And the question for the yogi just becomes, how am I going to do that? How am I going to expand inwardly? We need to understand what that expansion is for the yogi because it's not about doing more things and doing them faster. That may come with the territory. That may come when we accomplish inward expansion, but it's not the aim. It's more of a, a beneficial side effect. That for the yogi, the inward expansion is expansion out of the limitation of the ego, out of thinking that we're the body, we're the personality, we're our thoughts, we're our desires. Expanding out of that and getting into this universal flow that is, or at least galactic flow, or at least of our solar system flow that is happening now in Dwapara Yuga. Because we can't just stand there and say, I'm opposed to Dwapara Yuga. You know? <laughs> well, actually we can, but then we'll be like the, we'll either be stuck in Kali Yuga, which at some point we just get blown off the screen like the little cartoon character and the strong wind comes up, we don't, and we don't want to oppose it. There is no reason to oppose it because Dwapara Yuga brings a power into this world. It brings the power of energy, brings the quality of expansion. And the yogi looks at that and said, I can work with that. I can help that, use that to help me to expand my consciousness. Like a 
uh, someone with a sailboat doesn't sit there and decry the wind if it's blowing from the wrong direction. The sailboat captain has ways to use pretty much any wind to get the boat where they want to go. And that's what the, that's what the yoga is trying to do in meditation, is to is not just bail out that, okay, this is happening in the world. How can I use it? How can I benefit from it? And I wanted to share with you a couple of little meditation practices that uh, you might find helpful as a way to, to tap into Dwapara energy and use it to not just deepen your meditation, but deepen your spiritual life generally. And who knows, maybe instantly and <laughs> every time. <laughs> like a guru. <laughs> and if you're lucky, like the host of America's Funniest Home Videos. So the first one is based on Joe Tish's first universal law of happiness, which you all remember is Okay. Uh, Paramahansa Yogananda once said about himself and the fact that he had lost all ego, he says, uh, my actions are like writing on water, no trace remains. <laughs> so I guess are Jyotish's words, until now, because I'm going to remind you, Jyotish said that, that everyone in the world has the dual aim of now do you remember? Finding happiness and avoiding pain, absolutely. So when we think of expanding our consciousness, expanding our awareness, one tool we can use in our meditation practices is other people. You know, build bridges between ourselves and other people as a way of getting out of the sense that it's just me. Okay, so I'd like you to close your eyes for a moment. Sit up straight, this won't take but a minute. I'd like you to call to mind someone with whom you have a little bit of difficulty. Not huge difficulties, that makes this too hard. Just a little bit of difficulty. Annoyance, irritation, that sort of thing. And realize that you have at least two things in common with this person. One of them is that both of you want to find happiness and avoid pain. The other is that both of you are doing the best you can. So right there, two bridges between the two of you. And now start to think of other bridges you could build from the superficial, like maybe they're the same gender as you, maybe the same height as you, same eye color, maybe they live in the same place, maybe they're in the same family, to a little more meaningful, maybe they have similar life experiences, maybe they have similar likes and dislikes, maybe they have similar aspirations. and just start to build as many of those bridges as you can. Just see them one after another coming into completion in your mind. 
You can't do this for very long without beginning to see that the two of you are more similar than you are different. And as you realize that, you begin to understand the other person. You begin to have compassion for the other person. You begin to have a desire for that other person to be happy, not to suffer, to even enjoy that other person's happiness. The, the distance between the two of you shrinks to almost nothing, perhaps absolutely nothing. But what's happened really is that your reality has expanded. You have had your own personal Dwapara Yuga right there in your meditation. Let's open your eyes now. Try that sometime with a longer expression of it than we just did. It's a wonderful way to, to expand your own reality. I want to share with you one more, which I think all of you are going to be able to relate to at least as well. As you look around all the, this amphitheater here out across the lake, you see so much beauty, all the, the trees and the hills and the lake, and you feel a gentle breeze on you. Such a beautiful place. You can just get lost in the spaciousness of it, in the beauty of it, right up until a fly lands on you, you know, a pesky fly, one that keeps coming back every time you brush it off. And what happens? Pretty soon that fly becomes your reality. Isn't it? All the trees and the hills and the lake and the breeze and all that's still there, but you're not. Okay? It's all about the fly. Okay? And this is what happens in our meditation. We go into meditation, and here we are. We, we have this this vast consciousness. We are this vast consciousness. And we're sitting there trying to enjoy it. And what happens? A thought lands on you. Yeah. A pesky thought. Now, I really need to get this done today. Why did that have to happen yesterday? Let me rewind and replay it, see if I can make it come out a little differently. Yeah. It happens to us all the time. What to do about that in meditation? Let's give it a very short try. Sit upright again, close the eyes, and start to watch the breath, just like we do in Hongsa technique. Watch the breath, and try to feel within side of you that vast arena of consciousness that is your awareness. It's so, so huge, reaching in every direction. And that consciousness is full of God's power, full of God's joy, if you can just stay connected with it. And yet, of course, the thoughts come. In fact, I'm feeding some to you right now. But they're so small. They're so insignificant compared to the vastness that is you. So your focus is on the breath, but it's all in the context, in the setting of the vastness of your own consciousness. Let the thoughts come and go. That's what they do. They come and go. They change. They shift. But you are continuing to focus on that vast arena 
of consciousness inside of you that is watching the breath, staying expanded, staying in that Dwapara Yuga consciousness of refusing to focus on the minutia, but staying big, staying in a greater understanding. This is how you, one way how you can align yourself with the Dwapara Yuga and use its strength to help you to grow spiritually. So open the eyes once again. These are just a couple of practices. There are so many more that any of us can think of, but to use Dwapara's energies, use that consciousness to, to break out of the rigidity, break out of form, break out of littleness, and identify more and more with expanded ways of thinking, expanded ways of being, and we'll find that it not only builds our inner strength for meditation, but builds our inner strength for our entire spiritual life, and everything we do in life will just become more rich with God's presence, God's power, and God's joy.